I would ask you, as Joshua asked those people, when have you chosen to serve the Lord? If it is disagreeable to you, if it is displeasurable to you, if it is irritating to you, then choose some other God. But as for me, we will serve the Lord. Are you part of the people that would say that? Welcome to Resonate with Trent Griffith, Senior Pastor of Harvest Bible Chapel in Granger, Indiana. I'm Aaron Paulus. Today we'll continue in the Onward series with part two of the message, Choosing God. In it, Pastor Trent Griffith takes us to one of the most familiar verses in all of Scripture and breaks it down word by word. So let's get ready to examine our own hearts as we turn to Joshua chapter 24, verse 15, to find out what Joshua truly meant when he challenged the Israelites to choose this day whom you will serve. Here's Pastor Trent. One of the things that we've done here at Harvest over the summer is we've, we've brought on some interns, okay? That's synonyms of slave. Um, uh, some interns, you know, you got some young people that are energetic and, and they got no money or, but they got time. And so uh, we pay them a little bit around here. And, and uh, but what that means is we, we want you to learn how to serve in the context of ministry. And one of the things that they're going to learn, there won't be a lesson on this. We won't have a test on this, but one of the things that you absorb, if you are going to serve God is this, your motive must never be to be thanked or recognized or praised. And so in the context of ministry, what you learn is all the thanks, all the recognition, and all the praise goes to God, even though it's me down here burning calories and spending my life in service to God. And when you do it that way, God gets the glory and I get the joy understanding. God, you don't need me. You just invite me into the process. And as I spend my life and spend my breath and spend everything I have, Lord, you are the one that is worth all of it. And Joshua looks at the people and says, serve him with three things. Actually, two mentioned here, one I'll bring in. But he says, look at it, serve him with what? Sincerity. What does that mean? Some of your translations may say with a whole heart. What it means is there is no gap between what I say I do in service to God and what is actually demonstrated in my life. Some of you think you're serving God by coming to church once a month. Boy, God must really be impressed with me. No, no. God wants your life and your breath and everything you have. Because he gave it to you for one specific purpose, to serve him, not yourself, and not other gods. One of the things we have to realize is if you choose the true and the living God, the one with the big G, the one the Bible's written about, and the one the Bible's written by, if you choose him, there can be no other gods that you choose to serve. Now, if you choose another God, you can have as many as you want. But what we have to understand is God wants exclusive service from us with all sincerity. And then the next thing he says is serve him in faithfulness. You know what faithfulness is? Faithfulness is the habit 
pattern of a life that serves. You see, those who serve God find out that it's actually an addictive behavior. And pretty soon, it becomes the default setting on your life. You just get up in the morning, and you're just on track to serve God all day, every day, all week, every week. It's just what we do. It's who we are because we've made the all-determining decision to serve him. And that's what Joshua's rallying the people to do. And then he finally gets to verse 15. Now, here's the verse. I've been waiting for 15 weeks to preach this verse. It's really the only reason I preached the other 23 chapters was to get to this one. If it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord. Now, stop right there. Does that seem weird to you? Are there really people that think it would be an evil thing to serve God? The word evil there, it's kind of an extreme word. It's, it's a very important word. It just means if you think it is, if it's irritating to you in any way to serve God, if it bothers you that God wants all of your service, if it doesn't seem worth it to you, Joshua says, well, then we have an off-ramp for you. You can take the next available exit. You can choose the next available God. If you think somehow some other God is more worthy to be served, if you think that somehow that God's going to serve you better than the one that has served you, then choose. Choose. Pick an exit. Pick a God. But he says, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your fathers served in the region beyond the river. So those were the old gods. Remember those gods that Abraham once served? He's like, okay, there's old gods. You can go back to the old traditional gods. Or he says there's new gods. Or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Now, let me just tell you, we're going to spend the rest of this message talking about your individual choice to serve God. We're going to come back next week, and we're going to talk about how your choice affects those in your household. But let's talk about this. What does it mean to serve the Lord? And by the way, the Scripture says that it's not enough just to serve the Lord in sincerity and with faithfulness, but there's one more requirement. Serve the Lord with gladness. Do you understand? Listen, you sin when you serve the Lord with a grumpy heart. You get the email from Michelle. It's your week to serve in the children's ministry. I wanted to go to the beach. Weather's so nice. Got pooped on last time I served. <laughs> I want to do this. <sighs> okay. And you come and you go through the motions. And you spent the whole morning serving and sinning at the same time. God wants you to serve him with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Now, I just risk like 
25 people resigning from the children's ministry because they're like, yeah, I have been grumpy. I'll just not do that anymore. No, don't, don't, res- don't quit serving. Just start being glad that God gives you the opportunity to be a part of what God is doing in the life of a family that is moving onward with God. And so he says, you've got a choice. So there's the, there are the words that you have on your walls in your home. Let's slow down. Let's talk about each one of these. First of all, choose. You see, I must choose decisively. Do you understand that God has given you a real choice? Do you understand that the evidence that you have made this all-determining choice will be in the 1,000 choices you will make every day, and you cannot claim to have made this all-determining choice to serve the Lord, not take off-ramps to serve other gods, but until you can point to evidence in your life, the choices you're making today that reflect the all-determining choice of your life. Now listen, one of the most frustrating conversations that I have with people as a pastor is trying to just investigate where they are with the Lord. What is your relationship like with the Lord? Have you given your life to the service of God? Are you in relationship with Him? Is your heart changed? Have you been converted to Christ? Are you justified? Are you on your way to heaven? Asking those conversations, asking those questions and all kinds of conversations. And so often, this is where the conversation goes after that. Yeah, I I was born in a Christian family. I go to church. I'm Catholic. I go to Harvest. Um, My granddaddy's a preacher. Um, My wife's a really godly woman. Um, I've read the Bible. I went to Bible college. I have a Bible degree. I listen to Christian radio. That's not what I ask you. I ask you, have you chosen to use your life to serve the Lord? You see, there is a choice that every person makes. And if you choose not to make the decision, you've chosen your decision. Indecision is a choice. Do you understand that? And so often people do not understand there is a crossroads where you have to choose. I am either going this way or going that way. Have you made the choice? Can you point to a time in your life where your life started heading that direction because you chose to go that direction? Like I just don't know if I've ever really... I I mean, I've just kind of always been a Christian. No. You've always been a dirty, rotten sinner. And at some point, you have to choose the forgiveness that's offered so you can be a forgiven, dirty, rotten sinner. When did you make the choice? Can you point to the choice? My undergraduate degree in college is is not a theology degree. I have a technology degree. I have a degree in technology from Cameron University in Lawton, Oklahoma, from 1989. Yes, I have a 1989 technology degree. 
Some of you question whether or not there was actually technology back in the 80s. I can assure you there was. And one of the things that I did, my, my training and my, my, my studies were all around programming computers. And we used the COBOL programming language. And so if you need any programming done with COBOL, I'm your guy, okay? <laughs> one of the tools that we would use in our programming to tell the computer what we wanted it to do was a little tool known as an if-then-else statement. How many of you ever heard of this? And this is bringing back memories for you, all right? How many of you, this diagram looks somewhat familiar. How many of you, this diagram looks somewhat terrifying to you? You're shrieking right now on the inside because that didn't go well for you when the professor put that lesson on the board. Listen, this is called an if-then-else statement. This is a Boolean, see what I did there? Just use my 89 technology degree there. This is a Boolean statement. See the, the diagonal, the uh, diamond there, the, the letter A? That is a condition. So we would say if, if, big word, if A is true, then the computer is going to perform this function B. But if A is false, the computer's going to do something completely different. It would not do it if it was true, but because it's false, the computer's going to do this. Now, believe it or not, you use this every day. If it's going to rain, you're not going to go to the beach. If it's not going to rain, you are going to go to the beach. And however the condition, whatever choice is made about the if determines the then or the else. All I'm saying to you is if you've chosen to serve the Lord, your life is going to have a completely different outcome. And if you choose not to serve the Lord, your life is going to have a completely different outcome. Can I just suggest, for some of you, the train wreck that your life is, is the result of a poor choice of God's. The good news is this. The train tracks have led you to this service. And today, you have a choice. Choose decisively, but then choose immediately. Choose this day. This is the day you should choose to serve the Lord. But some of you are procrastinators. Some of you are engineers and accountants, and you're thinking, I'm going to count the cost. And you've been counting the cost for weeks, months, years, and your life is still a train wreck. What is stopping you from making a better choice immediately? Today is the day that you have the choice. There is no guarantee that tomorrow on May the 23rd, you're going to have a choice. It doesn't life does not guarantee that 2017 will ever arrive. Today is the day you have a choice. Today is the day that you must choose to serve the Lord if you want a different outcome in your life. Last Sunday night, 
we had our church membership class. It's called Making Harvest My Home. And there were about 25 families that showed up and made that choice that we want to be members at Harvest. We want to get off the front porch and get into the living room, and we want to carry some load around here and be responsible for church. There was a couple that came, and um, husband and wife, and I recognized them. I thought, this is awesome. This is cool. This couple's been coming to our church for three years. But one of the things that we do early on in this membership class is I present the gospel to everybody that shows up. You say, well, why do you do that? It's a church membership class. Wouldn't you assume? Oh, no. You see, we have discovered the best church members are Christians. <laughs> and we have a little if-then statement. If you are a Christian, you can be a member of the church. If you're not a Christian, you can't be a member of this church. High requirements in church. I mean, just the bar is really high around here. You actually have to love what Jesus loves. You actually actually have to give demonstrable evidence that you have been converted to Christ, right? Now, you can come and kick the tires and be in church all you want, but if you want to be a member, you got to love Jesus. You've got to be some evidence that you've repented of sin, placed your faith in Christ. And so I see this couple sitting there. They've been coming to church for three years. And I remember a conversation that I had with the guy three years earlier in my office. He came and he said, hey, I just want to let you know we're going to be coming to your church. I'm like, great. He said, but I also want you to know I'm an atheist. I don't believe any of this stuff you preach. I don't believe the Bible. I said, well, then why are you coming? He said, to be honest with you, it makes life easier at home. My wife wants to come. She's a Christian. She believes all that Bible stuff. And I would just rather come to church than have the argument every week about whether or not we're going to go. So I'm going to be around. I'm like, okay, great. So this couple's been coming. Well, he started listening. And he started hearing things like, hey, you know, husband, you should lead your wife. You're like, okay, I, that'd probably, probably be better around here in the house if I started taking some leadership. So he goes to his wife, she's like, well, what, what can I do to lead you? And she says, well, start reading the Bible with the kids. He picks up a Bible. Starts reading the Bible to the kids. He starts believing what he's reading. The Holy Spirit starts convicting his heart. Starts convincing himself that this stuff's actually true. He's converted to Christ in the membership class last week. He prays to receive Christ. He makes the choice on that day to serve the Lord. I've had people walking around church today coming up to me like, hey, what's up with, uh, did he, uh, yeah, sure did. It's like, yeah, I knew there was something different about this guy. Choose this day. You must choose immediately and you must choose responsibly. Choose this day whom you've, you've got other options. But please remember, as we said last week, every God requires a sacrifice. Now, the good news, if you choose to serve the true and the living God, this true and living God provided his own sacrifice. His name was Jesus Christ. His own son bled out for you, and only by the blood of Jesus was the wrath of this God's, uh, was he satisfied by his own sacrifice. But if you choose another God, any other God you choose to serve is going to require a sacrifice from you. Those of you that choose to serve the God of your career or choose to serve the God of money, do you know what that 
career's going to ask you to sacrifice. Some of your career gods are going to ask you to sacrifice your marriage. Have you sacrificed your marriage for your God with the little g of your career? Some of you have a little two- and three-year-old cute little children, five-year-old little boys like Bowen on the screen. But do you know it is possible to turn your children into your God? And those gods with little g's will demand you to sacrifice. Can I get a witness from my mom? (laughs) And if you allow your children to be your God, those children will at times ask you to sacrifice time, money, attention, love for a spouse, love for God. If you make your children the center of your universe, they will be your God. And the saddest part about it is they will wonder why no one else worships them when they grow up. Because you spent your life worshiping them. If you worship sex, you'll sacrifice your future marriage. You'll sacrifice a clear conscience. Every other God requires a sacrifice. So you have freedom to choose whatever God you want to serve, but listen, you do not have freedom to choose the consequence. Choose responsibly. Whom? You will serve. I must choose personally. How many of you, when you were growing up, you had a drug problem? By that, I mean your mommy and your daddy drug you to church every week. I mean, you didn't have a choice, right? You didn't have a choice. You just showed up. You landed here. Now, listen, if you're not careful, 15, 20 years into this process, if you're not careful, you'll think, I don't need to make a choice. You cannot serve God based on the choice of somebody else. Your mommy and your daddy, your preacher, your pastor cannot make this choice for you. Your best friends can't make this choice for you. I would love to make this choice for you. I pray that you will make the choice, but nobody can choose which God you serve. This is your choice. And if you grew up in a Christian home saturated with Bible, my question for you is, when and at what point have you personally chosen? And when mommy's gone and daddy's gone and everybody else is gone, are you still going to be serving the Lord? Are you going to drop out when they drop out? You must choose personally. And then finally, I must choose repeatedly. Some of you are here and you're thinking, okay, I made the choice. Move on to something else. Listen, if you've made the choice, you must choose a thousand times every day to live out that choice. Do you understand? As for me, I'm going to serve the Lord. That dictates and governs every other choice I make. I cannot choose to indulge my flesh in the entertainment of this world because I have already chosen to serve the Lord. And I cannot simultaneously serve the Lord and indulge my flesh while watching that music or listening to that entertainment. And so the all-determining choice governs every other choice. Today, are you 
choosing to serve the Lord. And some of you that say you've chosen to serve the Lord, where is the demonstration of that in the relationship you have with this church, the relationship you have with your family, the relationship you have with God's word and this world? I set my alarm at night based on the choice I made when I was 15 years old to serve the Lord. And I lose sleep every night. Because in order to serve the Lord, I've got to meet with the Lord, get my face in this book, and get marching instructions. Before I can serve my family, I've got to serve my Lord. Before I serve my church, I've got to serve my Lord. So I would ask you, as Joshua asked those people, when have you chosen to serve the Lord? If it is disagreeable to you, if it is displeasurable to you, if it is irritating to you, then choose some other God. But as for me, we will serve the Lord. Are you part of the people that would say that? I've chosen, I've made my choice, I've made up my mind, there is no debate. The Lord will be the one that I spend my life serving. Let me ask you to bow your heads. I want to ask you for a decision. Maybe you've been procrastinating. Maybe you've been putting it off. Choose this day. Is today the day that you would choose the Lord? I want to give you an opportunity just to open up your heart to the Lord and tell him, Lord, today I choose you. Why don't you open your heart and just tell him that? Say, Lord, you've been speaking to me. I believe your word. I've spent my life to this point serving myself, serving other gods. And God, today's the day. Not putting it off any longer. I choose you. Thank you for the sacrifice of your own son. And God, I want to spend the rest of my life serving you in sincerity, in faithfulness, in gladness. Others of you, Christians, you made that choice a long time ago. Are your daily choices, the way you spend your money, the way you spend your time, the way you treat your family, reflecting that there's been a real choice? Father, I pray that today you would Open the eyes to see how good you've served your people. Your sacrifice of Christ on the cross, God, there could be no greater act of service. And God, in response to that, we bring repentant hearts, we bring our love, we bring everything, life, breath, everything. It all comes from you. And so God, I pray for one here today that may have been putting that off that today would be the day. As Pastor Trent Griffith taught us today, choosing to serve God happens repeatedly, personally, responsibly, immediately, and intentionally. But we must first choose Him as Savior. Christ's greatest act of service happened at the cross when he willingly laid down his life for sinful man. Our service to God, it should flow from gratitude for how he first served us. Have you made that important decision to follow Christ today? 
If so, we love to hear from you. Send your email to resonate at harvestgranger.org. We'd also like to invite you to join us for a weekend worship service at Harvest Bible Chapel on one of our two campuses in Granger, Indiana or St. Joseph, Michigan. Campus locations and service times can be found on our website, harvestgranger.org. Well, I'm Aaron Paulus. Thanks for listening today. And I hope that God's word will resonate in your heart and mind this week. Resonate is a radio ministry of Harvest Bible Chapel, Granger. Visit us online at harvestgranger.org.